Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Dick Vital is going to join us in about 10 minutes. Damian Lewis on the NFL later with Packers at Bears on tap for tonight to kick off the 100th NFL season. David Cutcliffe will be live with us in about 60 minutes. The Duke head football coach, national coach of the year about six years ago while representing those Blue Devils. We'll talk life, sports, football, sometimes the Madding brothers, sometimes other things. Of course, his Blue Devils when Coach Cut drops by in 60 minutes. One of the most popular guests in the history of this program. We love his folksy charm and storytelling. He took a beating at the hands of Alabama, most do. The Devils try to get on a winning track this weekend. We love talking life sports and football with Coach Cut. All right, given the Antonio Brown news, Dick Vitale is going to pick us up in about 10 minutes. Like that guy's energy, even at 80 years old, comes through the airwaves, will make your day better. He was at the U.S. Open last night watching Rafael Nadal win another match. He loves his Tampa Bay Rays and other baseball. He, two week, two months from today, launches into his next college basketball broadcasting season. And earlier this week, just had a wonderful honor, Dick and his wife, Lorraine, who have an amazing gala every year at their home in Florida that raises millions of dollars. I think they set a record more than $4 million raised last May. You can always contribute and help by visiting his website, dickvitaleonline.com. The V Foundation, with whom he has worked since it was created in, in the early 90s, recently, I mean, announced, I think it was earlier this week, that they are naming a fund designed to fight pediatric cancer specifically in honor of Dick and his wife, Lorraine. So we'll talk sports, we'll talk life, we'll talk the fight against pediatric cancer in part because September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month and college hoop season is exactly two months away. 1-800-849-2761 if you want in on the NFL or college football topics or headlines of the day. We are keeping an eye on Hurricane Dorian and we'll keep you posted, especially those in eastern North Carolina, to any breaking developments there. The breaking news in the NFL surrounds Antonio Brown. And Darren, I don't think I have time for the full story today, but it is amazing to me that you've been with me for four years and you have never heard the story of Yesbit. I don't believe I have, no. Yesbit represents a mythical woman who actually existed in my world long ago. And Yesbit comes to mind whenever there is an incredibly high-maintenance and yet compellingly productive athlete in one of the sports that we follow. Antonio Brown is in trouble with the Raiders already, and he hasn't played a game there. This is a guy who is so high-maintenance, he's dealing with one lawsuit because he was throwing stuff off a balcony window, not know, or, you know, or off of a balcony, not knowing that there were people at the pool below. And, of course, he's dealing with lawsuits by those either hit or scared by the stuff that he chose to throw off the balcony to the, toward the unsuspecting people below. This is also the guy who couldn't work out the helmet issue, even though he knew the rules for a year in advance and knew that the NFLPA, like his own union, had agreed to the rules that required Antonio to find a new safety-first type of helmet that had improved, been improved by the league. The long story short with Yesbit, the woman, Darren, is this. Back in my fraternity days, there was a certain person 
who was so stunningly beautiful, Darren, intelligent on top of it, glimpses of kindness from time to time to make her that much more unbelievable. Maybe even a sprinkling of a sense of humor. If you found all of that in the right person. Now, you haven't even met her yet. You haven't seen her yet. You've only heard this description. At the very least, there's something compelling there. Absolutely. Yesbit, as we came to call her, became Yesbit because there was always a yes followed by a but. Yes, she's (laughs) stunningly beautiful. But... She's also the kind of woman that would cut your heart out in a way that Billy Joel worked into the lyrics of that famous song. (laughs) Yes, she is incredibly intelligent, but when your grandma died, rather than being even a little sympathetic, she was mad that you had to break your otherwise meaningless dinner date with her. Like, she's (laughs) so narcissistic that your dinner with her, which you may have had every Friday for weeks, if not months, was in her world, in her distorted reality, more important than the fact that, you know, your grandma died. How about a little tender, loving care? Or at least I'm sorry. Is there anything I could do? I wish you well as you go home to attend the funeral. Sometimes these complicated things come in the same package, Darren. And so she became as the next fraternity brother was going to go out on a date. Oh, yeah, she is the hottest of the hot. Yes, she is, but dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's smart. You will see those glimpses of kindness. You'll see the occasional sense of humor. Yes, but dot, dot, dot. And only after experiencing it himself, Would he come to also, in the long run, refer to her as Yesbit? Because for every wonderful yes, there was a depressing but, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) It became shortened in the vernacular to simply Yesbit, so that she wouldn't know who was being talked about. Yesbit is essentially Antonio Brown. For five straight years, he was either first or second team All-Pro. Last year, he wasn't that, but he led the NFL in receiving touchdowns. He's been that good for that long with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, he's the perennial pro bowler, but he is sometimes sued for throwing stuff mindlessly off the balcony at the unsuspecting people below. And then he's surprised that he's being sued or in another legal entanglement. Yes, he led the NFL in receiving touchdowns last year, but he's a drama queen who can't find a helmet for crying out loud. Yes, he stayed away from Raiders camp while being asked to be a quality veteran presence as a new guy, but he stayed away from Raiders camp instead, complicating the journey of John Gruden and Mike Mayock in their second year together. Yes, he's that good, but he's that complicated, and he'll drive you crazy, and he might help you win big games, but he might cut your heart out like Billy Joel wrote about in that unforgettable song. Yesbit was that woman. Yesbit is this wide receiver. He is that good in those ways. He is that mind-numbingly frustrating in these other ways. I'm not even sure which side to blame. Who's worse? Is Mike Mayock deserving of blame here because he knows that he started dating Yesbit? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if you know you're out with Yesbit, you know one of my pet peeves, Darren, nobody is rude to the waiter or waitress. It might not even be that person's fault. If they're working hard for you, man, you never yell at that person. You never disrespect that person. Something might have gone wrong back in the kitchen. If you have a date and they turn on the waiter or waitress, dude, run in the other direction. That is a sign of a vengeance that will only turn on you at some point later in that relationship. I'm telling you, write it down. The yesbits out there are wonderfully compelling in some ways, but dangerously complicated in other ways. Is it Mayock's fault for still trying to fine Antonio Brown the $54,000 when he knew he had the drama queen all along? Like, if you choose to sign the drama queen, wouldn't you use kid gloves even on disciplinary matters, knowing that if you do treat him just like another player, $54,000. Under the collective bargaining agreement, we were allowed to fine you for missing so much time. And he even outlined it in the letter that Antonio ended up putting on social media. We're fining you this much for this and that much for that. And we're allowed to under the collective bargaining agreement. Now, of course, an NFL team could choose not to because you know you have a yes bit on your hands. And you know if you hand him that grenade, he might just pull the pin and go from a month of drama based on my cryotherapy went wrong and injured my feet to the lawsuits are hanging over my head to the I can't find the right helmet. If you're Mike Mayock, do you just say I'm dating Yesbit and let him get away with it? Either Antonio Brown is so unreasonable and so uncooperative and so childish in so many ways, even as he's an older guy at this point by NFL standards, Either Antonio needs to be better after this three-ring circus that he's put the, radio, the Raiders through over the last month especially, or Mayock simply has to say, I signed up for this, and there's no sense in risking his wrath by sending him a, fa- a sheet outlining the $54,000 in fines. I'm not sure how I would handle it. I do agree that sometimes the superstar player deserves different treatment. I I think you're living in a dream world if you don't think that is the case. But there has to be limits even on that. At some point, even when you take the chance on the high-risk but high-productive drama queen, there's a line where you have to say, that's what I signed up for and I'm going to let him get away with it. And then there's a line that can be crossed where you say, we simply can't run our organization this way. In the dating world, I, I knew by 20 years old, Yesbit wasn't for me. All those great qualities, no way, Jose. And when my fraternity brother asked about her, I would say yes, but dot, dot, dot. I'll be cheering you on if you ask her out. It's okay. I'm not offended, but I will be wishing you luck and offering you a beer when you come crying to my fraternity house room at some point down the road of that very complicated relationship. That's how I feel about Mike Mayock today. I feel bad, man. You're just trying to do your job. you got to draw these lines and enforce them. You can't let Antonio Brown run the place. But, Mike, you kind of knew what you were getting into when you took Antonio Brown off the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll get to Dick Vitale later this hour. We will get to Damian Lewis later. We will get to David Cutcliffe in about 45 minutes. We'll invite your phone calls in between. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. 
NBA head basketball coach Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music for right. that? That's right. That's Bat Medler. There we go. You are the wind beneath my wings. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. to the david glenn show our next guest has been one of those guys who brings energy and passion to the basketball world he's dedicated his entire adult life to that sport as a coach and as a broadcaster and for much of the last three decades dick vital has also thrown his amazing energy levels even at 80 years old towards the fight against pediatric cancer and raising money for pediatric cancer research. He was at the U.S. Open in tennis last night. He's a big Tampa Bay Rays baseball fan. He loves college football. The NFL kicks off tonight. Dick Vitale, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Well, always great being on with you, David. But a little exhausting. You, know, you mentioned I was in the U.S. Open. We were just addicted to it. We stayed to the last point in the match between the doll yeah. and Kid Schwartzman, and we didn't get in our room until about 1.30 in the morning. Well, we, we love your energy levels at all times, even after a crazy day. September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and we're going to get into that, including a special uh, honor for you and your wife, Lorraine. But I am wondering, since I've seen you at a lot of baseball games, I've heard you talk about college football, you're a basketball guy through and through. Is anything left on Dick Vitale's sports bucket list, or have you already seen everything in the world there is to see? Well, you know, I've seen many, many things, uh, certainly in sports. I wish I was a little more knowledgeable about hockey because I love the lightning, and I really am very weak in terms of, you know, knowing something about players from the various teams. So maybe I'm going to put a little more energy in <laughs> I love sports. I love competition. I mean, we love the U.S. Open here because it's one-on-one. It's so competitive to see these great, great players battling the way they do. Uh, we're going tonight, for example, see the semifinals in the women's tonight, and that'll be exciting as heck. And I'm hoping Serena Williams keeps advancing. I know she'll have a tough one tonight with Svitolina, who's really a very good player, number five in, in the world. <clears throat> but I think with the number one, two, three, and four seeds gone, I think with Federer gone and with Djokovic gone, I think we're looking at Serena and Rafael standing tall as the champs in 2019 at the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I saw you compliment. Met Diego Schwartzman last night in his effort against Nadal, but the bottom line here is you might have gone from seeing some say Nadal will end up the greatest men's player of all time. I mean, this would be what uh, Grand Slam singles title 19 if he can get through to the finish line. And of course, everybody agrees Serena is the greatest women's player of all time. Uh, they're both in their 30s, so who knows how much more we have of, of each of them. But uh, what do you make of those kinds of special players in individual sports compared to, you know, what you've dedicated your life to when you got to have five guys working together in basketball or, or maybe, uh, you know, 13 guys with a full college roster? Well, you know, it's really interesting, David. Number one, well, you have nobody to blame. You're out there. You can't blame it. Yeah. Picture. My shortstop made an error, man. He made an error. <laughs> oh, I'm the quarterback. The guy dropped the pass. <laughs> you can't have it. Basketball player. I was wide open and he missed me. <laughs> no, baby. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. It's you. And what they've achieved, when you look at Serena and you look at Rafael and Roger Federer, Djokovic, to be that consistent that many years and having all these young people chasing you, trying to beat you, to me is special. I say there's no doubt, as you said, 
really well, David. Serena went out of town, greatest of all time. I think it's a little bit open right now for the men's side, yeah. which can get there as well. But I'm leaning towards Roger Federer. I just think everything about him has been class. I think you got to look at more than just the titles, and he certainly has those as well. But I'm a Roger Federer guy, true and true. I am too. He has 20 Grand Slam singles titles. Nadal has 18 and maybe counting. Heck, that Djokovic guy is only in his early 30s. He has 16 and counting. We'll see how that plays out at the U.S. Open. Dick Vitale is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You have hit us over the years when we're not talking basketball uh, with some amazing, sometimes even very sad numbers, Dick. Uh, for example, only 4% of federal cancer research funding is dedicated specifically to pediatric cancer. And yet, what, 15,000 new cases of cancer for children are diagnosed uh, in the United States alone every year virtually. That was a number from 2018. So private funding matters a lot. Your late great friend Jim Valvano helped launch the V Foundation, which you've been a big, big part of. Uh, get, tell us more about that big picture. As I know your latest gala, uh, every May you hold that. You raise $4 million plus again this year. And all told, the V Foundation has awarded more than $40 million in pediatric cancer research grants. So there's some good news here, even amidst that sad news that I know you deal with with parents and kids all the time. Well, you know, David, uh, there's no doubt about it. The worst thing in the world is seeing a child suffering, battling cancer, radiation, chemotherapy. They should be out playing. You made an interesting comment about the numbers there, the 4%. That's a joke. That's a crime. It's absolutely absurd that that's all goes to funding for pediatrics, uh, money that is raised through cancer research. I also uh, point out a number here today. For example, today, as you and I are speaking, today, 40 to 50 moms and dads are going to be walking out of a doctor's office with their life changed because they're going to hear four words that no mom and dad ever, ever wants to hear. Your child has cancer. Mm. It's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Also, today, seven to eight moms and dads are putting a dress on and a suit on, and where they're going is a place no one wants to go. They're going to the funeral of their child. Two weeks ago, I spoke at a funeral, among others, for a youngster by the name of Clayton who lived in our area, three years old, three years mm. old. Unbelievable. Neuroblastoma took his life. My heart broke. For his mom and dad, who was sitting in the first row when I was speaking, as I said to them, Jamie, Matthew, those words can't explain the pain you feel and what we feel for you. But the bottom line is we got to do something about it. I beg and I plead. It's sad in a way. If a football program like Notre Dame or certainly a program like Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson, if they called a meeting that they wanted to raise, dollars for brand new facilities, brand new locker rooms. I say there's nothing wrong with that. But isn't it amazing? They can get those dollars in no time. I beg and plead on shows like U.S. David earlier this morning, 7.30, I was on a show as well. Bottom line is to raise $4 million, as you mentioned, it's 24-7. It shouldn't yeah. be. It should be so much easier. There's so many people out there, corporate giants, made millions in their life. I'm calling upon them. Please help us. Please. we got to help these kids. It could be your child. You could be anybody's child, someone you love. They need research dollars. 
to show you how so sad in a way, I mean, it just absolutely tears my heart out when I think about how there's really, yes, there's strides being made. There's no doubt about it. Definite strides being made. But so much more can be made, as the oncologist told me that I speak to, if they had more dollars. They need dollars. Anybody want to donate, please, go to DickVitalOnline.com, and you can donate, and it goes through the V Foundation, and it's all for kids battling cancer. Also, I'm selling my book, Mount Rushmore book, yeah. my latest book, along with a designer's hat that I have. It's twenty. It's actually thirty nine ninety nine combination for both. Combination. I will autograph both, and every dollar, every dollar that I would make from that sale of that thirty nine ninety nine will go to the V Foundation for Kids Battling Cancer. So please go to ThinkFlightDownOnline.com. You can get autographed merchandise. Or you could also just make a straight donation. Dick Vitale is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow him on Twitter at Dickie V. He had his motivational message of the day on Twitter earlier today, uh, linked to his Instagram page. He has always been an inspiration and a motivational guy. And he mentioned the website there, DickVitaleOnline.com. Remember, you purchase the book, you purchase the hat, you're helping to fight pediatric cancer. Another website always worth throwing out there is just, it doesn't get any simpler than this. The letter V dot O-R-G. The letter V for vfoundation.org. And just as Dickie V said, uh, the V Foundation has done a great job as a whole of making sure that every dollar you donate goes to pediatric cancer research. There's not, you know, 10 or 20 percent taken off the top. They've already dealt with that stuff. Every dollar you donate goes directly to fighting this horrible disease. Just as you've always described Jimmy V inspiring you to make this such a big part of this latter stage of your life, I have seen other athletes, some of them guests on our show, Dick, where, for example, Trey Turner, you know from the MLB world, he played at NC State. His wife, Kristen, was also an athlete right here in our backyard uh, with the Wolfpack. They, they, of course, knew about Jimmy V. They know about the V Foundation. They knew about your work specifically specifically on pediatric cancer research. And now Trey Turner's donating money for every stolen base. Uh, Buster Posey of the San Francisco Giants donates money specifically for pediatric cancer research. In his case, I think it's for every RBI he's donating 1500 bucks. What's it been like for you to see? You, you have a cool world, man. You seem to be surrounded by other athletes and entertainers. A lot of folks are, are sort of jumping on your bandwagon in ways that really matter. How have you seen that? unfold well you know i met trey's wife over at my gala she was at the gala this year with jeff barry his agent and uh, they told me about making the deal for stolen bases i think it's phenomenal i think we should have more help i think there's a lot of athletes out there that can reach down and help us and i really hope many do and i know many do things in their own way for their own charity but when you talk about kids it affects all of us all of us rich poor black white christian jewish it doesn't matter. Muslim, it affects all of us. So we all must unite and get those dollars to the oncologist so that we can put an end to this. Kids should not suffer. Like going to a funeral and speaking two weeks ago, I can't tell you. can't tell you how it broke my heart watching what those parents have gone through. And no mom and dad should have to go through that. Just like I said earlier, today, think about it. Think about it as a parent walking out of a doctor's office and hearing the words. Your child has cancer. So please help. You can donate at <clears throat> DickVitaleOnline.com. 
make sure if you do the V.org, you specify that you want yeah. dollars yeah. for pediatrics or else it'll go in a general fund. So make sure you specify pediatrics. We need dollars for kids. Go to DickVitalOnline.com, and you know that's where your money will end up. Last thing for you, Dick, you have shared with us so much about basketball, and you always tell us it's not about you when it comes to the fight against cancer. But I would like to ask you just one personal question, because just this month, the folks at the V Foundation created the newly established Vital Pediatric Cancer Fund specifically because they want to honor you as a longtime board member and your wife, Lorraine, who is uh, an incredibly popular figure as I've seen you guys travel around as well. Uh, some folks make a bigger deal out of her sometimes than even you. Uh, <laughs> your, your enthusiasm for, for pediatric cancer research. Can you just share what it means to you and Lorraine, even as I know you'll remind us it's about the kids, that the V Foundation decided to honor you both this this month in this way. Well, when Susan Broad told me about this about a month ago, you know, it basically just gave me chills because really that's not what it's all about. I went all about raising dollars. Yeah. I get a bigger kick. Like at my gala, we had one gentleman gave us an unbelievable gift of one million one hundred thousand dollars. Wow. I mean, it just was unbelievable. Well, Mark Pentecost, I can't thank him enough. He's CEO, it works. The corporation and just loves. He came out of nowhere to make his dollars. He was a school teacher, the 2000. I mean, struggling financially, and here he is today. Had an incredible business plan and idea. He and his wife Cindy, but they can't do enough to give back. Yeah, and that's what I'm calling upon. I'm not calling upon people that don't have the dollars. I'm saying to those that have it, that have it, please, I beg you. I beg you from the bottom of my heart. I really wish I had a plan to get all the coaches and everybody involved to work together as a team so we could beat this disease. There's got to be money there for that to happen, really. I, I, it, it just crushes me, crushes me. You know, I'll just tell you this quickly, David. Uh, Neil Armstrong, great astronaut, as we all know. Yeah. He lost his child to brain cancer, to a former brain cancer, DIPG. And that was 62 years ago. Mm. And 62 years ago, they told Neil at the time, there was no cure at all in any shape or form to battle DIPG brain cancer. You know what's really sad? Really sad? 62 years later, today, if your child came down with a form of brain cancer that's labeled DIPG, you look it up and Google it, no one has ever, ever survived that. One of the things we're doing at my gala this year, Mitch Albert, the famed journalist, author, tremendous guy. He lost his child to DIPG. We're going to give a grant to Mitch at my gala in our name for many dollars to try and fight that disease. We must fight it. And the only way they're going to fight it, they need dollars specifically for it. So that's why, you know, I, I sound, and I'm begging and I'm pleading. And I do this regularly, and it breaks my heart that it's so hard. I'm at the U.S. Open yesterday. It was very touched. A gentleman comes up to me. He wanted a picture. I took a picture. He then said, can you wait a minute? So I'm standing there. He goes, turns around, talks to one of his friends he's with. He comes back and gives us $2,500. Nice. For the V Foundation for Kids. I mean, that just made it all where I told my wife when I left. Little things like that make all the pleading and the hours. I mean, we work 24-7. I'm kidding you not. You mentioned $4 million. 
People see 60, 70 celebrities at my gala. They say, isn't that great? I mean, it's great. But they don't know about the 70 or 80 that have turned down, can't make it for whatever the reason yep. may be. And I understand that. I definitely understand that. Their schedules are so intense. But I, I, I just, it's frustrating. It really frustrates me at times. I didn't think it would be as tough as it is. This year, my goal is $5 million. And I'm going to get it, David. I'm going to get it. I don't care about the money. Somewhere. We're going to get $5 million. I believe you. I will be a part of that $5 million myself, Dick. I always appreciate your time. When I was about 10 years old, you helped me fall in love with college basketball. When you were, of course, at that point, a pretty young and crazy broadcaster. Uh, in, <laughs> later in life, the way you've inspired people in this different battle, I mean, you and Lorraine now uh, for eternity will have your name on this pediatric cancer fund thanks to the folks at the V Foundation. So it's amazing what you've done with this later chapter of your life. Thank you for your time. Uh, we're behind you at the gala. We always mention your website, dickvitaleonline.com. Uh, thanks for all the work you've done on basketball and now uh, against cancer. And uh, we appreciate your time. Have fun wherever, with the Rays, baseball, U.S. Open, football, and we look forward to seeing you on hoops again here soon. Well, thanks for my first game in November 5. What a doubleheader we got. Kentucky and Michigan State and Duke and Kansas. All four teams are probably being a top four in the nation. Uh, some polls will have one Kansas. Some nice. will have Duke. Some will have Michigan State, et cetera, Kentucky. But those four under one roof right here, New York City, man. If you can make it in New York, you can make it in New York. We're going to save the date, people. November 5, save that date. Hey, thank you. I love all you people out there. I love you so much. If you see me, please come up to me and simply say, Dickie V, I really want to help. Whether it be $10, $20, I want to help those kids battling that dreaded disease. And my prayers go out to every mom and dad that, for example, today are going to hear those four words, your child has cancer. I there, hate the thought of that. I hate that word. Cancer sucks. There's nobody quite like him. Dick Vitale. Check out his website, dickvitaleonline.com, his annual gala is in May, so we look forward to that in May of 2020. DickVitalOnline.com. Check out his new book, all of the other stuff where the proceeds will end up helping in the fight against pediatric cancer. Thanks, Dickie V. Hey, Dave, you do a great job, man. You're awesome, baby. We need more like you, buddy. Thanks, Thanks. bud. I, I got to make more money so I can contribute more to Dick Vitale and his causes. At Dickie V on Twitter, check out his inspirational message from a little bit earlier today. Back to football on the other side. The Packers are at the Bears tonight. College football week two is upon us. We have some baseball and tennis and other headlines as well to get to. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Appreciate the inimitable Dick Vitale for dropping by. Man, that dude's got a lot of energy at 80 years old. David Cutcliffe is going to join us in about 20 minutes. We'll talk life, sports, football, his Blue Devils, 
and other things. Joining us now, as promised, he played in the NFL for almost a decade, including with your Carolina Panthers. He was a superstar for the Miami Hurricanes at the college level. Damian Lewis joins us on launch day for the 100th NFL season. It is the Packers at the Bears tonight. Of course, the Rams at the Panthers on Sunday and all the way through a doubleheader Monday night. Damian, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? We're doing really well. When you look at, say, day one of an NFL season, having been in these locker rooms and on these rosters, where does your brain go to a head coach, to a starting quarterback, uh, veteran leadership, or somewhere else? When you start trying to sort out, you know, who's going to be good again this year, as this time it's the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Saints and the Eagles getting a lot of the preseason attention, what jumps to your mind first? Honestly, I try to stay away from that. I'm more excited about the season just starting. I know what it is to go through training camp and the offseason and the grind that it takes to get your body ready for that 16-game season. So I go to that, and I want to look to see who starts fast because most of the time, all those guys in the media world, we sit here and predict and make our guesses and get everything all revved up, and nine times out of ten, it's somebody totally opposite that comes through in week 16 that looks to be the better or the favorite football team outside of the Patriots. Just as everybody is trying to minimize distractions, including whatever the media or anybody else thinks on the outside, Antonio Brown and the Raiders apparently are banging heads again. And Mike Mayock, the GM, is trying to kind of restore order. Uh, but Antonio Brown decided to share on social media the letter he received to Mayock detailing, from Mayock detailing, what, 50,000-plus in fines. Do you see a right and a wrong here? Is it Antonio Brown's fault for being so dramatic and in the wrong headlines? Is it Mike Mayock's fault for, you know, asking him to pay these $50,000 in fines when that's not a lot of money? How do you see it? I see it as this. You miss, you pay. That's the way it goes. The rules are very clear in that. And, but and for, as far as Mike Mayock, I mean, I would not get involved in a back-and-forth manner. I would not, you know, comment to media or anybody else about my plans or what I'm going to do or, you know, how I feel about how Antonio Brown's behavior is or how it's affecting the team. I would just go about doing my business. And if that was finding 50 grand, then finding 50 grand. You know, Antonio Brown wants to run to, you know, social media and post the, uh, the letter, then, you know, so be it. It is what it is. I would not find myself in heated debate or an argument with Antonio Brown because it does me no good and it brings the attention away from what's most important. And the most important thing right now is getting ready for week one. You know, they have a big game coming up. And right now the headlines are talking about the tilt between him and Antonio Brown today at practice more so than, you know, what the Raiders are looking like getting to the first game of the season. With that in mind, Mayock, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, may be in the process of suspending A.B. What are you... What are your thoughts there? You were in NFL locker rooms for almost a decade. I mean, how do players react to this stuff? Are they more likely to be defending Antonio Brown if he gets suspended? Or do they have some respect for the idea that, you know, a general manager has to sort of keep order? Listen, the general manager has to keep order. You know, the deal is is that if you miss time, you know, in training camp that's unexcused, you're going to get fined. I mean, it's just that's simple. That's the way it's been. Since the CBA or before, you know, how about the suspension? You get, you get what if he suspend? Huh? What if he suspended? That's the that's well. The, the suspension comes because you're putting you know their in-house business in the street. You know, basically. So 
you know, that's Mike Mayock's decision. If he chooses to go that route, then he has every right to because now this has become personal and it's moved beyond business because, you know, the uh, the tip that they had, you know, before practice or after practice, however it went, which to me is just really getting out of hand. So now here we are, instead of, you know, it just being a $54,000 fine or $53,000 fine, moving on and playing football on Sunday, now we're moving into suspensions. What's after this? Because between me and you, I don't think it's going to silence A.B., in any shape, form, or fashion. If anything, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire, so we'll see where this goes. Damian Lewis is joining us. He played for the Carolina Panthers, also the Rams, the Patriots, and the Texans in the NFL. Former Miami Hurricanes star did some great work in a broadcasting role for the Panthers radio network. Your Hurricanes are visiting North Carolina. It's kind of weird. We actually have a hurricane off the coast of North Carolina <laughs> as we speak, but those football Hurricanes are visiting Keenan Stadium. I know Manny Diaz joined us as a guest earlier this week. Of course, they were disappointed in losing to the Florida Gators in that opener. But Mac Brown of the Tar Heels says, you know, he's not just doing the coach speak thing when he says, other than the Clemson Tigers, he believes the Miami Hurricanes have more talent than anybody in the ACC. Um, you're a little bit removed from all your all Big East days at the U, but what do you see as the page has been turned from Mark Richt to Manny Diaz now? Uh, and I see talent, but uh, they came up short against Florida. Yeah, I saw a fairly talented football team. I think they're trying to figure out what it is they want to do with that defensive line. I think that's probably one of the most talented positions on the defense outside of the linebackers, but it's unproven. You know, you got a lot of guys that you bought in, you know, via transfer portal and things like that, and you got to find out who can play. And I feel like in the Florida game, they uh, played some of the guys that have been there, but I think they feel they may need to play some of the guys that uh, came in in the transfer portal a little bit more. So we'll start seeing some of those guys get more play time. Um, offensively, they've struggled on the offensive line. You know, that's just, that's just being flat honest. But also, again, University of Florida's defensive line is probably one of the top five in the country. They do a great job of getting after the quarterback. And they were able to expose those young tackles and uh, young guards that we had up on that offensive line. So, you know, offensively, you look at them and say, how do they move past that and how do they get better and play a little bit more efficient? Well, for one, you know, you start a uh, redshirt freshman quarterback who has to do a better job of getting rid of the ball. And number two, you got to find a way to protect him. You know, you're looking at max protection, holding in tight ends, which is a big part of their passing game. They just got to figure some things out. I think for us running the ball, they did a great job of doing that, but just not enough to, uh, you know, to hold up against that pass rush that um, UF had. And whenever they wanted to have to make a, whenever they had to make a big play down the field, they weren't able to because they couldn't give a quarterback enough time. Jumping back to the NFL, last thing for Damian Lewis, the former Panther, joining us here on the David Glenn Show. We saw cut day on Saturday. I think the last time you were with us, you talked about the, the human elements in play when those rosters go from 90 to 53. But we did know most of the key players who were going to be on the Panthers. So even though there was some, you know, some stuff at the bottom of the roster, if you will, some additions and subtractions, we know who the key guys are. As the Panthers are being picked basically dead center in the NFL, nobody thinks they're going to be bad, but nobody really thinks they're going to be great. What do you think are the keys to the Panthers getting back into the postseason after missing last year? I think it's going to be based off their start. If they start anything like they did last year where they were red hot, it's going to be a good sign. And then it's always staying healthy. Last year they went through a wave of injuries on their offensive line, and ultimately, you know, that ended up in Cam getting hurt and that pick. 
think they can sustain an injury or two if it does happen, but hopefully it does not. And if they can stay healthy on the offensive line, stay healthy at the skill position, they should be in good shape. Defensively, they're deep. They're deep at the defensive tackle position. They're deep at the uh, outside linebacker position. They're deep in their secondary. They have guys that are too deep that can flat-out play football. So I'm looking for their defense to perform a lot better than it did last year because at the beginning of the season and as the season kind of progressed, it tends to weigh toward the defense being, you know, the weak link of the team, where in, in times before it had been, you know, the uh, anchor for the football team. And when Cam got hurt, that really exposed the defensive side of the ball because they could not limit the scoring, you know, going down the stretch. And as the offense was struggling scoring points, they just couldn't hold it together and keep them in the game. So, you know, just looking at them, I feel like this year they are a more complete football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, I feel like they address some of their issues at the offensive line and they can keep Cam upright. Looking at Cam in training camp, he did extremely well. He did a great job of maneuvering through the pocket, staying upright, doing a great job of passing the ball, being very accurate. I have not seen him to date look the way he looked in training camp, so I'm extremely excited about that. So I feel like they got a shot. And being in the middle pack, the one thing about the NFL, nobody's ranked. You know, you yep. got 16 games, you got to play your schedule out, and if you finish that thing 10 and 6, 12 and 4, we'll see what happens. He is Damian Lewis. Follow him on Twitter at Lewis underscore Damian. He is nowadays an administrator at Florida International University right there in Miami. Damian, thanks for the visit, as always, on the David Lynch Show. I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Right back at you. For the record, the hurricane came a little farther north off the coast of Florida. So FIU and UM and all the rest down there in South Florida, where I once spent uh, three years of my life, everybody's okay there. They are often right in the wheelhouse of hurricanes. Not this time. Dorian came farther north. They have already, it has already worked its way up the coast and is now our issue here in the Carolinas. More on that later. More on the football Hurricanes visit to the Tar Heels later. And in about 10 minutes, Duke head coach David Cutcliffe is going to drop by. We'll squeeze in more of your calls in between. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours, okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Hour three will include an update on Team USA in China. That's the World Cup of Basketball. The U.S. Open, a couple of goats are still standing, and one of them plays tonight in primetime. College football and the NFL are also on our minds. Packers at Bears tonight. More of our NFL questions of the day with your answers. Hour three will begin with life sports, college football, and the Duke Blue Devils. David Cutcliffe is one of the most popular guests in the history of our program. His Devils lost to Alabama in week one, but hope to get on the winning track here in week two. Coach Cut, next on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.